the blast from our past network. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, the Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to 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 back because we love that stuff. You love that stuff. It's Seinfeld, and I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And this episode, we are giving you a virgin. We are giving you <laughs> the virgin. It is season four, episode nine. It aired on November 11th, 1992. Corey, my man. Could you give us the scene breakdown? Or not the scene breakdown. Give us the synopsis. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the scene breakdown is your job. I was almost going to be like, uh-oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> All right, buddy. The virgin. Jerry discovers the girl he's dating is a virgin. Kramer's constant interruptions make it difficult for Jerry and George to write their pilot. When they go to pitch it to the network, George's kiss costs Susan her job at NBC. All right. Let's start this episode off with a stand-up on relationships, kind of set up as a card game. <laughs> he's like, uh, there's no easy way to break off any relationship. Uh, Jerry, he's like, I, I think that uh, when people start dating, so I guess like around, what, 15, 16 or so, uh, they should get three get-out-of-relationship-free cards. He's like, so you can just go to the person and say, uh, here you go, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll grab the tennis racket, don't even bother, don't get up, have a good day, I'm sorry. He's like, which is fine, unless the person you know, you're in a relationship with happens to have the eight more months of guilt, torture, and pain card, and holds it up and is like, I got a little something for you. And, you know, it's funny. It's it's a it's a tight bit. It's a tight bit, but it's kind of mean because when mm-hmm. you break up with somebody, it kind of sucks if the person tells you that, oh, we're just breaking up and I don't give you a reason why. And so the whole time that I was thinking about it, I was like, man, that's such a young person's concept of like, let me just break up with you and not give you a reason. It's a really dick fucking move when you think about it. <laughs> uh, very much so a dick fucking move. Yeah. But he's not wrong. It would be yeah. handy to have those cards. <laughs> yes. Yes, it would. All right. We start off with uh, George and Jerry at a comedy club worried about the pilot writing that they've, uh, you know, we've obviously has been set up um, earlier in the season. Jerry makes fun of George and his coat and he's got a lift ticket ticket still assigned to his, like, you know, uh, ski because he's you know he went skiing it, one yeah, time. Yeah, a ski jacket, and he's got yeah, the lift fucking jacket. ticket still on. Do you remember it, when that Gore-Tex? was a thing? Is it, is it Gore-Tex? I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell if it's Gore-Tex. <laughs> but do you remember when that was a fucking thing, man? Back in, I feel like that was a very '90s thing. I re- I actively remember my parents, my dad, and my I'm sorry, my step dad and my mom my stepdad's coat still had his lift ticket on there and i was like huh and as a really yeah and as a kid i was like oh i guess that's what people do but now i'm looking back and i'm like oh you were just a douche because you're like oh i went skiing like like exactly like george is saying yeah um i i've never been much of a skier even though i lived in denver for a little while i was not much of a skier and i grew up in the south and so Skiing has never been something I've given a shit about. Um, 
And so, yeah, like uh, that whole kind of mentality of a lift ja- lift ticket on your jacket was something I never because like heavy winter jackets isn't a big thing for me because it snows maybe once every five years. Yeah. So I, I really never really worried about that. And so that wasn't a thing that I kind of I, I didn't connect with the joke. Yeah, I mean, it happened where I grew up. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maryland's a little bit further north. Um, But, I mean, dude, I've only ever been skiing once, and I went down the entire hill, you know, with my (laughs) the the front of my skis. As a pizza. Yeah, 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 basically. I I was not a coordinated kid growing up, to be truthful with you. I was was an artist. I was not a sports kid. (laughs) I only skied once, too. It was in the Poconos in Pennsylvania area. Yeah, Yeah, but you you ice skated, though, so I imagine. Yeah, I've ice skated for a long time. So, so. You, you have a pretty good center of gravity, right? You have a pretty good yeah. balance, don't you? Yeah, of course. Okay. okay. I, I'm I awesome. I'm awesome at everything. I know. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, like, I don't think I've ever, I guess, pushed myself to the point where I know if I have a good center of balance, I guess. Okay. All right. Oh, well. I'm a nerd. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jerry sees that uh, someone he used to almost date, almost ask out, uh, is at the uh, club, and her name's Marla. They come over and talk. I do like the interaction where he's mm-hmm. like, oh, George, Jerry, Marla, Stacy, Jerry, Marla, George. Marla, yeah. Stacy, Marla, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. It was very, that was very good. And, and it had a good like payoff. It had a good flow. Yes. L- loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yep. And, um, and of course, you're going to talk about who Marla, who, the actress that plays Marla. Yes. I was my next thing. Just yep. give me a minute, my man. I'm Holy sorry. crap. <laughs> I jumped the gun. <laughs> Played by Jane Levy's. Um, she was uh, probably most famous for Frasier. She's she's she was in a lot of episodes of Frasier. She was also in Hot in Cleveland. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't. It was a show I knew about because only because Betty White was in it. Okay. But it has she was in over a hundred or it was in one hundred and twenty five episodes of Hot in Cleveland. So that has over a hundred episodes. That is significant in sitcom world. Yeah, and isn't that the one with uh shoot Monica from Friends? Wasn't she in that? Uh, are you thinking of Cougar Town? Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't. Was Hot in Cleveland like a TBS or a USA show? Or I something? think it was TBS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, I, I'm I, with you. I'm with you. I, I remember it and everything. Um, and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that show. I, I, I actually always had kind of had the hots for for Marla slash whatever oh, her name was on uh, okay. on Frasier. I didn't watch that much Frasier, but yeah. I was. I, I've seen a few. I mean, I've seen enough to like know the flow of the show, and I know that Niles was into her and everything. But I wasn't like a huge Frasier fan. Were you a big did you ever watch it really i haven't i really haven't seen much at all of frazier even though it was a huge show it lasted yeah. throughout almost the entire night it was a big big show massive it just what it was i was too young i i feel like if i went back and watched it now i would probably appreciate it more because it had a lot more adult humor and like just, it was it was smart humor well i was yeah. just a dumb kid seinfeld had dumb humor and yeah. so that's why i could latch onto it when i was younger <laughs> I, I, I mean bro I, i'm a few years older than you and i still think at the time when i was watching uh, the occasional fraser it was still too old for me too yeah I, a now, lot of the jokes didn't land there was certainly no superman jokes in there yeah exactly now when you talk about jane levy's being very attractive and cute I was just looking through her credits and I noticed that she she was on like um six or five or six episodes of Benny Hill. Do you remember the old uh, British yeah. Benny Hill? And uh she was credited as someone called Benny's Angel. And oh. so I, I just like went to YouTube and I said and I typed out like Jane Levy's Benny Hill and it showed just a couple scenes of her in there and she's pretty much just 
in her underwear. Dude, yeah, um, doing the Benny Hill thing, yeah. Doing Benny, which Benny Hill is super sexist, <laughs> very dirty. There's no way that show uh, stands up to the test of time. No, he, that show is so horny, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to say that Jane was so cute in that ep- oh. in those shows. I was just like, holy crap, you look really cute. Okay. Okay. So. Now, now I know what I'm gonna do when we uh, <laughs> stop recording. Uh, real quick, real quick, si- wow. si- side tangent because we're talking about sort of zany comedies and cleavage. Um, my wife and I watched Clue the other night. It was, Woo! it was, yeah, I know. It was her first time watching it, and I probably haven't seen it since early '90s. Uh, yes, it's amazing. We all love it. But can I just say? Man, dude, like, we don't get these anymore, these mainstream zany comedies with insane cleavage gags. Like, it's it's cleavage yeah. gags everywhere, and we just don't <laughs> get cleavage gags anymore. I'm like, ah, it's a lost art form. Yeah, the maid in that movie. Oh, man. Oh, Yvette. All the cleavage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yvette. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge Clue fan. I watch it, I would say, probably every other year. Probably maybe every two, maybe three years. I pull it back out from my collection and I put it on, and it's just like it holds up. Mm-hmm. Particularly when you rewatch, when you watch like the uh, the all three different endings, yeah, and just see how it just god damn everyone is firing on all cylinders. It's such quick. Just great humor. Tim Curry is a fucking beast in that oh film. Oh my god! Oh my, and and then uh, Madeline Kahn. Yeah, Madeline Kahn's awesome. Fire coming out of my <laughs> face, and I love how that was like an ad lib thing. And then mm-hmm. honestly, what I loved the most about it was all of uh, uh, Martin Mull's facial expressions that he had during yeah. the whole movie. It's great. So, anyways, this is not the cool well, party. Hey, if I, we know, I got do, one more thing I, I have oh, to yeah, say. Sure. There's a line I still say to this day. Like if I'm leaving, if I'm leaving something and I don't say it all the time, but if I'm particularly trying to be awkward, I will like, I'll leave like a group of people. It's like, and I will say, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife and walk <laughs> out. And then people are like, what? Like, and it's just like, oh, like that is so good in that yeah. film. <laughs> and I've heard people quote that and I kind of didn't really know where it was. So when he said it at the, uh, 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 shoot, I forgot his name, Michael McKean. Michael McKean. Yeah. yeah. And when he says it at the end, I was like, oh, that's the line that everyone says. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh. Which is also funny because like he's a, a gay character. The it ends time, on a freeze frame. And I'm like, yes. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. To, to just to bookend it, um, my wife, who'd never seen it before for the first time, 2020, we were laughing our asses off oh. the entire fucking movie. That movie is gold, Jerry. Gold. That's great to hear that she appreciated it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Jerry, because you said he gold. Anyway, whatever. Uh, I was trying to find a transition. It wasn't a good one. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jerry is uh, basically trying to cover his tracks onto uh, why he canceled the closet job that that uh, why he you know talked to this person Marla in the first place. Um, we also see that George is talking to this other girl and he's just playing up being a writer real hard. He even, I love the little extra hint of a joke that we got from the lift ticket earlier where he's obviously like, you know, ah, talking to this girl seemingly going okay. And he lifts up his jacket zipper to where you can see the lift ticket just to like make her show or to show her, Hey, look, you know, I've skied once in my life. It's, it's a, it's a funny gag. Yeah, it's great. It all this whole opening scene is fan fucking tastic. Yes, uh, but you know, partly 
Jerry is hitting on this other person, even though we know he's with Susan. So it's kind of kind of being a creep. Oh, George. Part, George is I say? Jerry, I said George. Yeah, yeah George. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. George is hitting on this other person. And we have this whole little scene at Monk's, which I think is a classic scene um, where Jerry goes over the whole stats of George and his girlfriend or George and a girl. You know, okay. Does she have this at your place? You know, how, yeah. how many times do you call her during the week, et cetera, et cetera? Are there tampons? Uh, yeah. That kind of thing. And all the, I think you have a girlfriend. And you know what I got to say here, Georgia boy, you got you got yourself a girlfriend. <laughs> like it's, that is perfect. Yeah, it it is, and it's uh, what is it? It's the implied date on Saturday. You don't have to like mm-hmm. it's it's just implied. And does she have tam- like tampax at your house? And yes, yeah. and if but those two things are were really the nails in the coffin right yeah. there. But, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, that was great. I, I that's the kind of Seinfeld you know commentary we like. That's that's what we come to the show for is to see these these breakdowns of like this is what yep. you got, that's what you have. There you go. Exactly. Uh, George is upset that, you know, now he's finally got a job that he feels he can get women with. You know, he's a writer. He's a sitcom writer. But at the same time, you know, he's he's got this this girlfriend and so he can't really hit on them. And even furthermore, Jerry makes the the realization that if he dumps uh, Susan, which George wants to do, they will then lose the writing gig because she's an executive at NBC. And so now he's kind of in a, in a, you know, cutting between uh, caught between a rock and a hard place. But I want to call out George is a fucking idiot. Just in general, we know George is an idiot, but like, seriously, Susan is not an unattractive person. She's no, an attractive I, person. Dude. I yeah. find her to be very attractive this yes. season. I, I mean, I don't actually. I actually kind of like short hair on on some girls. It kind of depends on what the look is. Yes. And I don't love her her thing later, but and I know we all kind of like sort of hate Susan later. But if you yeah. look at her right now, she's a fucking amazing girlfriend. She's a and catch. She's, and I think she's fucking attractive as hell. I think she's pretty. And I'm with you. I'm not usually a uh, short hair kind of guy, but. The short hair she has on in this episode is yeah. plenty attractive. It's quite attractive. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, she's a fucking executive at NBC. What you have to do to become a, us to the two of us who have worked in like that kind of industry. Yeah. To become an executive who makes final calls on fucking green lighting pilots, you have to be uh, amazing! And, you have to be so huge, and and the paycheck you're getting, and you gotta holy be smart. Shit. You're not dumb. She's yes. not dumb. That's the thing. Exactly. Like, like, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're like saying, okay, she's pretty. She's got a great job, but like, as yeah, a per- but good. as a person, no. she seems really like smart. a great fucking person. She gave George fucking uh, cigars. She's be- yeah. been nothing but just so fucking cool with George's stupid shit with the <laughs> Bubble Boy episode. I mean, he's like literally fighting with her physically in the Bubble she Boy def- episode. She defends him in yeah. the Bubble Boy. Like, yeah, she, the dumbest thing about Susan. Is George? Yeah, is that she's with fucking George? George. (laughs) Yeah, so that's probably right there shows you where her self esteem. She clearly that's the issue she has. Yeah, she deserves much better. She's a great catch. George is a piece of shit. I mean, we love him, but he's a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. All right. (laughs) So anyway, Jerry calls that whole thing out. Um, George is now trying to think. You know, okay, trying to find a way out of it. It's not really working out. All right, we cut to Jerry's apartment. We cut to his closet. Marla, 
uh, is kind of back on the job. Apparently, he kind of brought her back to do some closet organization. And I want to call out, I think this is the first, this is maybe the first, maybe if not only time we see Jerry's closet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of thinking it's the first time we sort of see inside his bedroom, but I'm Uh fairly certain it's the only time we ever sort of see his closet. Yeah, definitely. It's a pretty big closet for a New York apartment, too. It's a walk-in. Yeah, Yeah. fucking huge. (laughs) Uh, Kramer comes in. He's watching TV. Apparently, he gave his TV to George, and, you know, there's this whole Uh, thing. Yeah, and as much as as they make of – George in the TV with Kramer this episode, I feel like that should have been something that was a part of another episode. Yep. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like it all of a sudden just came out of nowhere and I'm like, Oh fuck. You know, like I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like we all, you know, okay, this fits, it fits Seinfeld, but I feel like there should have been more pomp and circumstance build up to it. Yep. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I do find it funny that, you know, Kramer, he's being Kramer, kind of giving funny faces about, you know, what's this relationship with Marla. He gets a real big reaction as he leaves the apartment. Um, you're just going to just just being Kramer. Yeah. No, I got that. I said uh, my, my note is good exit cheer for Kramer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, Marla then tells Jerry that she's a virgin uh, simultaneously as Elaine comes up. And Elaine then starts talking about her diaphragm falling out onto a sofa at a party. Um, You know, all this kind of shit, which a diaphragm is a reusable dome-shaped cup for birth control. All this kind of stuff, Um, which is it's just it's funny because, you know, it's, it's playing off of Marla, who is a virgin. Obviously, she's never had sex. She probably isn't on birth control, that kind of stuff. But Corey, wait a minute. I thought Elaine uses sponges. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, sitcom writing. Yeah, I know. I yeah. I, I, too, I honed in on that, too, as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good call, buddy. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I like the scene. I mean, aside from that, I, I like the scene because I feel like I've done that, too, where, like, I walk in on, a, on some sort of scenario that I sort of wasn't paying attention to and then just started spouting my mouth and, and you know, saying stupid shit. But um, real quick, what's the deal with Snapple? Oh, my God. They bring up Snapple like crazy on this episode. I have no idea. Moving forward, I know that they have, like, Snapple sponsorship or whatever. Was this essentially the beginning of the Snapple sponsorship deal, I guess? You know what? I didn't realize that they had a Snapple sponsorship. That's a real thing? I thought so because um, I thought Snapple became a big thing because of the uh, sponsorship deal. So, hey, guys and gals out there, please let us know what the deal with Snapple is with Seinfeld. Ah, okay. It, I, I had no idea, but this, this is the first time we get heavy Snapple endorsement. And it and just Snapple becomes pushed. a thing. Yeah it, yeah, it feels pushed right here, which is why I think it's a part of, like, an endorsement thing. It's like, okay, you want us to push it on the show, we're going to make fun of it sort of thing. But moving forward, Snapple becomes a pretty strong thing, uh, or at least it's just something that—it's uh, a Seinfeld-ism, you know? And uh, I'm just curious if this is when it started or, or what's going on with it. And I always had heard, but I have not verified, I've always heard that it, the, the, spa, the Snapple stuff happened because of sponsorship deals. But that could have been pre-internet conjecture that I, I didn't, you know, wasn't sure of, but that's what I had heard. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm really unsure about that, but 
But it's uh, very apparent. There's some sort of Snapple yes. thing going on. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, all right. So let's see. Marla ends up leaving. Um, I do like the line that, you know, Jerry calls out to Elaine, hey, you know, hey, she was a virgin. And, and Elaine's like, oh, I couldn't tell. He's like, it's not like it's spotting a toupee. Like, that's a great line. Yeah, I wrote that <laughs> line down too. <laughs> yeah. And then also I enjoy uh, Elaine being like, was I being anti-virgin? I wasn't trying to be anti-virgin. <laughs> like, that whole kind of stuff. Because, I don't know. It's just, it's playing off the fact of like, you know, n- you don't hear anti-virgin as a thing. But like, it, it kind of was a thing um uh never mind and, and, and nowadays she it would be more like was i gaslighting is probably what she would have said or uh, something yeah you know? there you go what a way to pull it in yeah yeah i was gonna go into a whole virgin discussion about how i had issues with dating a virgin but that was <laughs> a whole other thing i don't want to go into that you don't want us to get sued by her <laughs> yeah i mean i have a very yeah story that i under like is very similar but like I, I, you know what? Let's move on. Let's just move on. <laughs> can, can we move on to the weird crossfade that uh, that happens in this scene? I didn't even write that down. Yeah, it's like it's when she leaves and then George comes up and then it crossfades to George at the window. And he's like, oh, that's a virgin. And I rewound it because I was like, I was looking down and taking notes and I looked back up and I was like, did I miss a scene transition? And it's a weird ass crossfade. It's like the one scene doesn't end and they just kind of uh. like, we need to make a little bit of a time jump happen. Uh-huh. So they, they crossfade. But there's it. even, there's not much of a time jump because I he's know. looking it's, out it's the window like, as if she's down there. It's like, it's like a, it's like in their world, it would would have been technically like a maybe a minute and a minute and a half but they did a crossfade to it it's not to a huh. different day it's literally here's a minute later basically and george is at the window saying that's a virgin yeah i was like oh i didn't like it i did not like it that's all okay all right it was ugly. hot editing take from Corey. yes <laughs> and you as as our resident editor i figured <laughs> you would have picked up on it but yeah if you were looking down taking notes you would have yeah it's very like, possible it's, yeah it's really quick yeah uh, all right. So, but as you mentioned, George is, you know, he comes up, he's surprised that she's a virgin as well. Um, he, I do like his, his call out. He doesn't want to be somebody's first. He'd much rather be not remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't agree with that statement, but I did. It is funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very George. <laughs> it is. It is. It's very in his wheelhouse. Yep. Um, and I, you gotta love, you gotta respect this scene where Jerry's going to order some Chinese and he calls Kramer and before even he's off the fucking phone or before like, you know, he thinks he's still talking to Kramer. Kramer busts in to the, uh, to the apartment in one of the best slides that he has the entire time. And he gets one of the biggest reactions. So, yeah, so far. And I, I think we see it again later. Maybe where where Jerry's on the phone with him and Kramer kind of comes in, but yeah, dude, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it was good. I agree. I, I wholeheartedly okay with it. Elaine is at monks with Marla and they're talking all about just, different shit about guys i want to call out it's somewhat awkward because they're not in the classic seinfeld booth they're in the booth that's just right in front of it yeah but i'm I'm totally okay with that in this scene because it's like well why would they get the normal booth they'd just get whatever they could and it was the the you know the the slightly one that's before and so it made sense to me 
Um, but at the same time, it was just slightly off enough mm-hmm. to tweak me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, dude, I know. We love that. We love that one booth, man. But uh, the <laughs> one I hate the most is when they're on the uh, the same booth side, but one over, like towards the camera, towards the audience. Yeah. Oh, I, hate that. I hate that booth. That's the worst <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, but but I, I, you know what I do love? I do hmm. love uh, uh, Elaine telling oh, yes. Marla about, uh, you know, how guys like to get away and everything. I love when she says... Well, the, st- the smart ones start working on their getaway stories during dinner. <laughs> oh, my God. Elaine, which we know about Elaine at she's this so point. Jaded. She's jaded. She hates men. You know what? You know, she, she's, not a, she's, not, she's not a feminist, but she hates men. <laughs> yeah. You know, we know that about her. Um, and this whole discussion with Marla is really just to kind of like make – try to make Marla hate women or hate men too. And it's just – it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's someone that's just so jaded trying to yeah. tell, like, explain <laughs> something to someone who has no experience yeah. with it, it. She's she's given Marla the entire breakdown as to why men suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. hey, hey, you know what? She's not wrong. She's not <laughs> wrong. Because as some men do that kind of shit. And so you know what? Uh, you know what? Well, We've probably done that shit before, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, dude. No. And, and the fact that she talks like like about the fact that like once sex is over, it's like a something switches in their brain and not so much like like I would say like the fact of like wanting to like run away. But yeah, dude, like sometimes once you once you come like your brain, they're like, well, what was I just <laughs> looking at? Like, why did you start having instant remorse of the porn oh, you're looking at and shit? But guys, brains do do that. Like it, instant, uh, yeah. we, we, we were like, oh, oh, and then we we're appalled by what we were just looking at. I wasn't expecting to hear the word come. I just wasn't. They just kind of fucking threw me through an entire other thing. Well, I'm sure Marla wasn't expecting to hear any of that either. So. Yeah. So, uh, uh, All right. Got it. Wait, man, we got to earn that explicit rating, baby. Yeah, we do. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week, we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.
Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. And now, back to the show. Back at the apartment, George and Jerry are still trying to figure out different shit with uh, their whole pilot thing. George is the one who comes up with the idea that Jerry, you know, oh, for their pilot, maybe uh, Jerry gets into a car accident and the guy can't afford and doesn't have insurance. And so the judge issues that this guy, um, you know, should be his butler. Uh-huh. So it, it sounds like a terrible sitcom. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it sounds like. And, of yeah. course, it's, it's funny because Jerry's like, well, what, am, what about my character? What am I supposed to do? It's like, George's like, ah, we'll, we'll find something for you to do. Like a real D-bag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like a real – and that's when, like, little cocky George D-bag comes out because he knows he has an idea right there. But we, we yeah. should note that they have to go meet with NBC in, like, an hour. And they literally mm-hmm. have had 45 days and they've done nothing. They, I mean, we've seen that through multiple episodes now. Yeah. They've been procrastinating. Everything has been like, eh, we'll handle it tomorrow. We'll handle it tomorrow. Shit like that. Whatever. Yeah. So it's it's not a big deal. To them. <laughs> to them. It's not a big deal to them. Well, sort um, of. It becomes a big deal to Jerry later, but that's, yeah. We'll get to, we'll get to that when we get to that. Yes. Ping comes up. Um, he's giving the, the Chinese food. Uh, he's delivering that uh, George and Jerry and them did a little bit earlier um but it's ping with elaine and marla apparently there's this whole fucking thing that ping got into a accident um while elaine was jaywalking and then he kind of hit himself in the head shit like that it's it's madness is what it is and can i ask you something i actually have two questions here first off when you order chinese food do you do the whole everyone shares thing um or I should say, are you cool with the everyone shares scenario? Uh, I'm cool with it. It doesn't happen all the time, but I'm cool with it. And, and if somebody orders something that you're not like in love with, you're not going to like make waves. You'll be like, sure, whatever. I'll, you know, like I'm not going to make a big stink about that. You know, it's, it's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, I love Chinese food. It all kind of tastes the same at the end of the day anyways. Um, <laughs> but uh, so wow. my, my, my next question. Racist motherfucker. Is it when it's about food? Is it? <laughs> um. So my next question is, I know they've never, I guess, come out and quite come out and say it, but how close does Jerry live to monks? Oh, God, I I haven't done that research. You know what? I I always, I mean, I always got the sense that it was maybe a block or two away, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Kind of similar, you know, I'll tie it into how I met your mother. Similar, I mean, you know, it's, it's down, you know, it's. Down the and, and across the uh, the street, maybe it's yeah. yeah, exactly one, maybe two blocks. Okay, okay, good because yeah, she, I mean, uh, Marla was with Elaine just at Monks, and then that just you know happened. So I was like, okay, they had to have gotten back pretty pretty quickly then. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So Elaine apparently did this whole jaywalking thing, which ended up making Ping hit himself in the head. You know, he, he hit a parked crashed car. His bike. And yeah. He crashed, crashed his delivery bike. Exactly, bike shit yeah. like that. So he just, he's very upset. He kind of throws out the word. I might have to litigate shit like that. 
and then and then there's a weird fade at the end of the scene and i'm only taking because yeah. i noticed i noticed the weird cross cut earlier and now we're having a weird fade and i'm like what is what is really going on here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't disagree it was uh it was different it was it was definitely i mean well i i didn't hate it i didn't notice it like you did so i don't want to call it out too much but at the same point it was uh something that um, I can totally see for someone who is not an editor, it might have hurt you more than someone. It, for, for some reason, it just didn't it didn't click with me as a problem like it did with you. Yeah, yeah. It was just it just felt like they couldn't finish the scene, so they were just like, let's just fade to black. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we're at NBC. Jerry is upset that they still have no story. Obviously, they still have no story. They have been fucking procrastinating like crazy, and. One thing that I think is hilarious, the meta, the meta-ness of the entire pilot stuff is fucking perfect because he's complaining and just literally complaining about we haven't been able to write a story because X, Y, and Z has happened. But us as a viewer knows that the story for the show that we're just now watching is X, Y, and Z that he just laid out to George. And so... I find it particularly hilarious that he has no idea what to write for a show, yet he just called out these points of what uh, the show is that we're currently watching. Right. That sounds strange, but it. it, it I know what you're trying to say. It's like it's like he's validating the show that we're watching now, yet in his world, it's not the right thing i i know what you're trying to say and i'm, I'm having a hard time sort of uh but i i like it i like it i like the meta-ness of it the references the self-referential stuff i'm i'm with you there i just don't quite know how to like sort of say it like we're watching what he's talking about but at the same time he's talking about in the way of like but this wasn't the idea that we sort of wanted to go with you know yeah. so but yeah i i get it although i was pretty enamored with all of the uh posters in that waiting room uh for quantum leap uh for yeah, Prince oh, of yeah. bel-air and for sister that short-lived uh <laughs> I, I never even noticed it. i remember the last time we were down in nbc they had like, like the blossom, pictures of blossom. Yeah. Exactly. blossom was a big show yeah, yeah. um quantum leaps a big show yeah. but sisters i have no yeah. fucking idea what i know and i saw one for i think it was uh law and order was on there with like the original cast and everything Damn. i was like oh that's my huge. god i know that's right? fucking huge but i do i do like jerry getting mad at george i mean or getting like sort of frantic about it because he is he understands what this means. Like he understands that the the rarity of this shot that they're giving. He he gets it, you know. And he's like, "Look, like we're fucking we're blowing it here, man," you know. And like, and my fucking ass is with you now because, and I'm already in this world, you know. Like I kind of I get where Jerry's coming from on it, and truthfully, but it's not his normal devil may yeah. care attitude, you know. But he is rightfully upset at George, or you know, tethering himself to to. George's wagon, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that we get a little callback of a joke of where Jer- George talked about Susan loving David Letterman early yeah. on. Yeah. And, you know, oh, you know, his whole he, he, George is obsessed, obsessed with wanting to get out of this relationship right now. And so he thinks that if he can get <laughs> Susan tied into a relationship with david letterman he'll be able to get out of it like what an idiotic mentality but 
while he's at NBC, he thinks he see he sees George David Letterman like kind of on the floor crossing at some point, and so he bolts to go do that, and so Jerry is now stuck into going into the meeting on his own. Right. Which so, probably is the better option for Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, undoubtedly. So strangely, Russell isn't there. I don't know why. Maybe he was filming something else at the time. Oh, no, they said uh, he was needed on set at Blossom. No. Well, I get that, but I'm just talking about like why oh. was that a reason to write that into this to the show at all? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, would the scene of, yeah, the same outcome would have happened no matter what if Russell was there. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm thinking probably something to do with maybe actor uh, conflict, uh, scheduling conflicts. Yeah, had to be. Yeah, because um, there's, so, there's no, it would have, the outcome would have been exactly the same. Yes, definitely. Um, anyway, we have this other person. Her name is Rita. She's some other big wig at NBC. Uh, I love, love, love that Jerry pitches the Chinese episode. He pitches yeah. the Cartwright episode yes. to all of them. <laughs> yep, yep. Love it. Love ah. it. And again, we know, too. And I think that's probably why that episode is so fantastic, because I do think that this show is kind of built on that singular episode. And knowing what we know, that that was the, the you know, the inspiration for the show itself, essentially— I think that's what makes that episode so special. It's so special. And to hear him just reference everything about it here, you're just like, oh, my God, it's so cool. And this, like, as I'm sure it's happened before, but when I was growing up, this is sort of the first time that I ever experienced a show that was this meta and this sort of aware (laughs) of, like, like what was happening to the real people at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, its own – it was aware of its own origin story, essentially. Yeah. And, and as a kid, I was like, this is awesome. I, I never have seen a show this aware before. Yeah. Um, th- this is absolutely a fantastic meta show. And and, and this whole storyline is one of the best meta storylines in all of sitcom TV history. Agreed. So. Yeah, agreed. And, and to know that going into this season, they had doubts in the writer's room if they should do this or not, because they, they thought it was going to make the characters unrelatable um, mm-hmm. because it was such like sort of a big thing getting a TV show. But I think it made them even more relatable because it put them in this situation that was big and they acted like I would have acted in it. And that's what made it more relatable. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, all right, so he's still he's in the meeting. He then starts pitching the butler idea, which we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. which they eat up. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, love and it. I just want to like, laugh. oh my god, it's so shitty. It's so like cliche, shitty sitcom writing, but the execs love it, and I just I'm like, oh wow, I know, I know, How and perfect. and. And in case this is the episode that you're jumping in on, one of the executives is Mr. Kenny from RoboCop that gets destroyed by Ed 209 at the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. You and I, every time I earlier. see him, I'm like, oh, Mr. Kenny, you're <laughs> destined to die horribly very soon. <laughs> well, I mean, it technically it was a while before, ago. But yeah, but I meant like yeah. in normal lifeline continuity yes. or whatever. <laughs> yes. Um, George ends up coming into the meeting. You know, he's... Being a little bit of cocky George, whatever, he then kind of greets everybody and he kisses Susan on his way in. And we immediately see that is something he should not have done, which, of course, what a non-professional fucking thing to do. And Rita, the quote unquote new Russell at this point, stares daggers into 
uh, Susan's eyes, and it's like, oh shit, something is not going well. Yeah, and so I have like notably have a hard time watching awkward scenarios, which is sort of my barrier to get in getting into Curb Your Enthusiasm because mm-hmm. I, I'm aware everything that I've seen, every episode that I've seen of that show, it's like just George times a gazillion, and I'm like, oh my god, and it's hard for me to watch. So when I was taking notes on this epi- on this scene, I could not watch him kiss her. I just I can't. Yeah. I, cr- I cringe. I can't. I'm like <laughs> George, why don't you know what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's terrible. Awful professionalism, which we know, George, has none of that. All right. At the apartment, Kramer's watching TV again. Um, George calls uh, Susan, and apparently she tells him that she was fired because of the whole kiss thing. He gets off the phone. He's excited about it. Oh, my God. He's got an out, which he's been looking for. Yay for him. Again, I'm like, you idiot. You don't realize what you had. No, and you're a piece of shit, too. And My my only note for this scene is George is the worst. Yeah. Um, Besides that, we get a nice little quote from Jerry, um, you know, where he says, uh, every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Mm -hmm. I think it was him who said that. No, no, George George says that. George says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, because Jerry Jerry says that he has to stay in the relationship because now he has to comfort her because he's the reason for her being fired. Um, And so, yeah, so George says that, which I looked up is a quote from Godfather Part 3. Mm. That's what that is. I have never seen part three. Me neither. I own yeah. it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen <laughs> one and two a gazillion times, yeah. but I've never seen three. That's weird, and right? I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've heard it's bad. So I'm just I like, think, I've never really wanted to. I think that's the reason. I'm just like, well, if everyone says it's bad, why do I need to do, to do it? Yeah. So all of this is happening while Kramer's watching TV and while he's watching Jeopardy. And I'm surprised you haven't already made this like comment because I feel like this is a Corey kind of line um, where Kramer's like, you know, he's spouting out answers every here and now and then. But one of them that I feel is just like, it's so iconic more than others where he goes, here comes the judge. Here comes the judge. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's just answering these questions. And I was just like, I would totally see that as a line that you would say randomly for no fucking reason. And and that's what's so weird because I don't even remember that. And, and, and wow. I know. And it's it's weird the just you and I talking about this for uh, almost 50 episodes at this point. Um, it's so interesting to me to see what you hone in on and then what I hone in on. And then sometimes what we both miss, you know, sometimes too. Yeah. It's, it's, I find it very interesting. What, what we kind of decide is our, is our thing. But, uh, I do like that sort of, I've said it before. I like that weird sort of three-way. Con- it's not a three-way conversation. It's more like two conversations sort of overlapping and, and they do, that in Seinfeld a lot and whenever they do it I enjoy it and this was no exception I was laughing my ass off every single time yeah it was good yeah Uh, all right then we cut to Jerry's closet he's there with Marla they're making out hard and uh she's worried about all the shit that Elaine had told her earlier about him you know guy not staring over which is funny because we're in his fucking apartment why would he not stay over uh but ultimately Marla wants to hold off, and it's really Elaine's fault at at this point. We then cut to the comedy club. Elaine is there with Jerry. Um, Apparently, Ping is suing her. 
George is hitting on some other girl. Susan broke up with him, so he feels he can hang out with uh, and, you know, hit on other girls. And the, the kind of culmination joke here is that, yes, he's a writer, but these women make fun of him for being a sitcom writer. Mm -hmm. And so, ha, 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 he's a pathetic sitcom writer because, yeah, sitcoms are a bit of a joke. Um, And and even more pathetic because they technically couldn't even write a sitcom. You know? (laughs) You know, I didn't even think about that, but that is so true. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's such a great little moment because – you know, we we I think we've said it before. We don't want to see George get destroyed. Yes. Like it's not something we actively see, but we want to see retribution for something that he does. You know, we yeah. want to see him get his comeuppance. And it, unlike previous episodes where where he didn't get it in the same episode, at least here he got he did his stupid crap and he got his sort of comeuppance in the same episode. I'm so glad that he return to shitty George. You know, yeah. he returned to, to failure George at the end of this. It, yeah. it just, it just, it made all of that other stuff worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fucking lutely. Yeah. Uh, then we end with a stand up about virgin sacrifice. Sure. Sure. Why not, Jerry? Why not? Uh, in ancient tribal cultures, they would actually sacrifice a virgin. They thought it would uh, it would do something. <laughs> I love how he says they thought it would do something. <laughs> uh, they'd find some girl that's never been with a, been out with a guy. <laughs> I love how he's like never been out with, <laughs> and uh, and they throw her in a volcano. I mean, that's a that's a first date you'll never forget. And she's like, he, uh, he goes, uh, you wind up in heaven talking to Chuck Woolery, which is the host of the dating game. Oh, I know. I love yeah. I love a Chuck Woolery reference. <laughs> yeah. I love old game shows and so hearing that was like oh yes yes yeah dude i love this ah chuck glory uh he's like so tell me lisa you know how did the date end he's like she's like well or you know jerry's doing this sort of mock interview thing and he's like not well chuck not well he's like well if you'd like to be thrown into a volcano again we'll pay for it and that was the you have to know the show to get the joke right there and mm-hmm. you know at Man, we've been on kind of a bad run of of stand-ups for Jerry for a bit, how they kind of don't land. This one, even though the reference is completely out of date now, at the time, it landed. I think it would land at the time. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I kind of went into the tirade last episode about about uh, the the wrap up and everything. What what was your feelings on this one, buddy? I thought this was an okay episode. It honestly felt like it was used for setup more than anything on its own. Um, we have a lot of stuff that, you know, really didn't get closed out. Um, you know, it, it, it set up George kind of being back to single. I guess maybe it's closed out the whole Elaine or the uh, uh, Susan thing a little bit, but it's set up Ping's legal battle with Elaine it set up Marla in general cuz she's not done it set up um you know the the pilot i mean it's still, yeah there's yeah, a the lot pi- of they're still working on the pilot yeah. like i i there wasn't much payoff with this episode we're going to get much more payoff come down the line like next episode with Marla and the whole virgin thing is going to become big big payoffs next episode um I just I felt like this this episode was lacking on the payoff department. It was real big on the setup department, lacking on the payoff. And so I felt this was just another one of those season fours where it felt like this was a two parter that they kind of split up. And and it wasn't you know the next episode is the contest. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest episodes of all Seinfeld lore. And this one 
This one, honestly, I think will help make the contest better because the setup to it, it makes it even stronger and funnier because we're having some of that. But on its own, I thought it was a fairly, not a weak episode, but it wasn't as strong as it should have been. So, you know, because of that and because I felt this was the first half of a two-part good episode, I think it needed some more, and I was expecting like a full episode on its own. I only gave it two out of five diaphragms. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about about what you're saying about it, and uh, it's interesting to see that we have another, essentially another chunk, another yeah. two part chunk. This is this is very much part one of a, of a two part chunk, even though it doesn't say it. It it seems to be that's the the style for this season, mm-hmm. and uh, for better or worse, so far that style has kind of given us a real fucking roller coaster here. And uh, I, I'm I'm honestly a little bit shocked at how much of a roller coaster we've been having mm-hmm. this season of Seinfeld. Um, that being said. Unlike a bunch, uh, a couple other of the sort of the build-up episodes, I actually very much enjoyed this episode. I got enough uh, payoffs. You know, I, I know we're not going to get the Marla payoff yet and stuff, but I kind of got enough that it left me mm. more satisfied than maybe previous part ones to other episodes that we've been talking oh, okay. about. Um, but you know, like, like, but. My sentiment is still sort of the same as yours. And, and you say, okay, I, I say solid. It's just a, a middle solid episode of Seinfeld. And just, just you know, it's a good one. Not bad. Not great. But not bad either. And uh, I honestly would probably give it, um, you know what? <laughs> three run over pings. Wait, okay, I'll take it back. <laughs> three, <laughs> three run over delivery boys out of five, basically. And it's just... I, I just call it solid. This one, I just say, you know what? This is a solid episode. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing too great about it, but it has its moments for sure. And uh, yeah, man, this this season's been wild, bro. Like, like just the, yeah, the ups and everywhere. downs has been crazy, man. It, it, it honestly, I was expecting season four to be like a perfect high point of nothing but yeah. like fours like this entire way maybe that's gonna be season five because right now i'm up and down and up and down and i'm just like where am i going i know <laughs> me too buddy we're i think we're on this ride together like going like looking at each other like what 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 the hell is happening and at this point man i know that the contest is well i say quote unquote in the air that i know that the contest <laughs> is amazing but at this point man i truly do not know until i actually get down into watching it but yeah. that being said I'm excited to watch the contest with this episode, you know, right on the tails of mm-hmm. it, as opposed to when we watch it in syndication and it just pops exactly. up. Yeah, I'm I, excited. I for think that. I think it's going to help. I think this this because seeing all this setup and then moving into that is going to be like, you know what? I see everything that built up into this. Like we just all this virgin talk and then um, we're going to have like the big payoff with the contest. Like that's funny, man. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to build up really well. I, I am cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that at this point. <laughs> Cause I, well, okay. I forgot what episode it was. You were super excited about it. And then it became like our least, uh, uh, liked episode. And we're like, Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> <What the> hell? <laughs> oh man. But, uh, anyways, it's, it's always fun, buddy. It's always fun it talking is. to you about it. And, uh, you know what? You can hear me talking to Adam and John on an episode of Blast From Our Past podcast about aliens. 
Aliens, baby! Yeah, now, uh, by the time you yeah. listen to this, that episode will probably be a week old, um, yeah. but it's still awesome, and, uh, oh you know, my God, yes. Aliens Day is, is only uh, a week and a half ago, essentially, so you guys are all probably still in an Aliens mood, so uh, if you haven't listened to the Blast from Our Past episode yet that I'm on there with, go check it out. We talk about Aliens, and we recast the movie as well. To one-up you, if you're never not in an aliens mood, I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> Good call. And, I mean, seriously, uh, it's it's essentially three aliens superfans talking about aliens uh, the entire episode, or should I say xenomorphs. Um, but uh, it's a great, it's a lot of fun. It's a great, great episode. And, um, yeah, if you guys also get a chance, you can check out uh, me on the Blast From Our Past podcast talking about cult movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, everything from action to horror to sci-fi. It's all over the place, as long as it's kind of like a weird cult film. And oh, uh, super weird. The weirdest of weird, man. You guys, whatever the hell y'all pick, I don't even understand, <laughs> but... I'm so glad you do because it is ridiculously entertaining. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I, I've said it before on this podcast and on other podcasts in the network, but podcasting after dark is the dark shadow of the blast from our past. Uh- <laughs> yes. So the blast from our past is more of the pop culture mainstream um, movies and whatnot where podcasting after dark is the ridiculous BCD cult films of that same kind of era. But uh, if you guys want to check out the more of the mainstream stuff, please listen to Blast From Our Past podcast that I do with my brother. Uh, please also check out t- Throwback Trivia Takedown, which is all nostalgia tri- n- nostalgia trivia from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm on, man. I, I fucking love nostalgia i'm not gonna lie i i do too buddy i do too and speaking of nostalgia you were just on uh, a week ago you were on ongoing comic book discussion podcast with me and tess talking about one of your probably your most favorite uh comic book hero of all time deadpool and we reviewed uh some like 90s deadpool stuff which is really fun to kind of get into deadpool's origin especially since like tess and i our most experience with deadpool is through the movie so uh Adam was really awesome and kind of introduced us to some original Deadpool stuff uh, written by Joe Kelly, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and his passion for Deadpool, well, it's our first explicit episode on the ongoing comic book. <laughs> well, part of that is because listeners know that I have a problem fucking shutting my mouth. <laughs> Potty mouth. Um, I will say, I really held myself back. There was a lot more I wanted to talk about, but because I'm not the host of that podcast, I felt like I had to shut up. And so the second like you or Tess started talking, I just kind of clammed up. But like I, <laughs> I could have kept going, man. I could have fucking talked forever because uh, Deadpool is like one of my boys. He's one of my most nostalgic characters. And I don't mean from like, oh, I love the movies and no. I'm like nostalgic for that. I've, I'm a hipster yeah. doofus, and I, I've been a follower of Deadpool for much longer than that. I, I've been reading comic books my entire life, and Adam's love for Deadpool, like OG Deadpool, just mm. puts puts me to shame. So go go check that out. It's it's a lot of fun, and we had a great time talking to you. And and you know we said it on the podcast on the OCD podcast. Um, anytime we mo- do any more Deadpool moving forward, you're just our guy. You're gonna always be on it Aww. for that. So oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, while you guys are out there, you know, while you're while you guys are surfing uh, the the Blast from Our Past Network, the BFOP Network, aka BFOP. 
There you go. Um, that is bfopnetwork.com. You can also check out Friday Five. You can also check out Talking Back. Both of those podcasts are freaking awesome. They both deal with some, some you know, they're both nostalgia-centric podcasts. So uh, go check out Talking Back and go check out Friday Five as well as the others. And you can find every single link, including the the throwback trivia takedown and everything. You can find all of it at bfopnetwork.com. And speaking of finding things, if you are new to the show and you're looking for our complete back catalog, you can find every episode of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on Cartwright, Cartwright on Patreon. And uh, that's patreon.com slash Cartwright for just $1. Yes. Uno de Nero. Um, please, guys, check it out. If you just want to support us, we would really appreciate it. And just in general, as Corey already kind of called out, there are seven podcasts in the BFOP network, and we vet them before they even jump on. Like, we yep. don't just add anybody. All of these seven podcasts, you know, particularly if they've got Corey in them, if they got me in them, you know they have some kind of modicum of, of quality, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully we stand for quality of some way. Yes. But besides that, even if we're not on them, like... Go check There's, them out. We, we go I check mean, them out. I mean, There's such great stuff. Like the ones that we've added, you know, brought on. We brought on because we were already fans of their shows. So yeah. that should tell you everything you need to know. Every podcast that's on the BFOPnetwork.com, I personally enjoy. And that's yeah. including this one, man. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. When I'm editing these episodes, I'm actually laughing to myself at our stupid shit. And I'm like, dude, if you if you can, if you like your own shit, you, you got to make content that you fucking like yourself. You know? We are hilarious. I know this. Yeah, We're no. fucking hilarious. It's, <laughs> we the summer, it's the summer of Corey and Joe and Corey and Adam. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's hope it goes what better for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So for Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, I'm Corey. And I'm Adam. And we will see you guys next week with the contest. And here's hoping it holds up. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like any. iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. This Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Bucks.